Hey, welcome to Westside Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Here at Westside, we're all about equipping believers to succeed in life and mature in Christ as they reach, win, and disciple others. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message. But before we get into it, if we can serve you in any way by helping you grow in your walk with God, we want to connect with you at wcspokane.com slash connect. Fill that out and someone from our team will reach out to you. Now let's get ready to study the word together. Good deal. You guys okay this morning? God is good. Thank you, Lord. All the time, isn't he? Faithful, faithful. Thank you, Lord. Well, turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians 4, if you would. Series this morning we're we're entitling Love and Money. How many of you know money is not the root of all evil? You guys know that money is not the root of all evil? That is not what the scripture says. What does it say? The love of money. Ah. So what should we be loving? See, we talk to our, we talk to our kids all the time when they use the word love. People you say love all the time. You know, you say you love your pizza. You love your car. You love your pillow. Come on, you don't love that stuff. You like it. You love Jesus. Are you going to put Jesus on the same plane as your pillow? Are you kidding me? Is your car? No, we love Jesus. We love the word of God. Amen? We love people. That's what we love, right? So that's why the love of money is the root of all evil, because you can't serve two masters. You either love God or you love money. And if you love money, it will wreck you. God's not opposed to you having money. He's not opposed to anybody having money. He just doesn't want you to love it, not be able to let go of it tight-fisted Ebenezer scrooging on it, right? <laughs> Y'all. So, <clears throat> love and money. Do you know the Bible talks about money as a topic more than any other subject, single subject? Money is the number one. Why? Because God knew <laughs> that every society would have some sort of an exchange for goods and services. God knew that, right? And he knew how we are. So he taught us a lot about money and to be generous, to be kind with our stuff. Thank you, Lord. All right, you at Philippians 4? What do you guys think of the backdrop? A little different, huh? A little change? I know, some some of y'all love the wood. I love the wood, too. Three years we had the wood. So we we changed it up, amen? If you really want to look at the wood, when you walk in, look at the sound booth. It's the same. (sighs) But we're trying to update some stuff. It helps, with, uh, it helps with the video production and stuff, backlit, all that. I don't know, I don't know all the ins and outs. It just helps. Looks, looks different. Updates, right? We want to just keep going. But um, why don't we just thank the guys? I mean, there was a whole bunch of guys. That, that's some work right there. That represents some hours, right? It, like, hours, yeah, hours of work. Thank you, Lord, for having faithful men and ladies that helped us. It was awesome. Um, okay, before we dive in, I want to say one more thing. Make sure that uh, we're keeping our hope high for our country, for our, what God's doing in us and in our church, amen? Don't let your hope get put in, on the shelf or put in the drawer. Come on, there's still a lot of stuff going on that's good. And I'm telling you, God is working in our country, right? And so it may not have gone the exact way that we had hoped, 
right? But God has a plan. He knows what's going on. And we prayed and we put it in God's hands, didn't we? God, you do what you need to do to shake this country up and do, do what needs to be done. And so I'll give you this, is that never before has it been so obvious the plans of the far left, right? The radicals, they, I mean, they're not hiding anymore. They want to change gender. They want to change uh, all the abortion laws, so everything's legal. I mean, up to and including after birth. They want, they want to take the life of the innocent, and they are not shy about it anymore. They are in our face, right up front. And, and what all this is doing is just showing the agenda of what's going on, right? That's a big deal. And America's awake. I'm telling you, we're paying attention. There's a whole bunch of folks on both sides that are like, I don't like where this is going. Is that true? So our politicians are in trouble because on both sides of the aisle, they are not doing right. They're not doing right. They are serving themselves. Long-term, no-term limit politicians are taking care of them and theirs and not the American people. And it is showing so wide open. And that's a good thing, right? Because there will be a price that is paid. You watch. So keep your hope high. God's still working. Amen? Amen. He's still working. So I just wanted to encourage you. They're, uh, they're putting everything out there. They are, they are um, trying to redefine gender. They're okay with abortion now. They don't have any problems saying it. Um, that without, without really saying it out loud, all the policies and procedures, they're okay with human trafficking and sex trafficking. They're okay with it because they left the border open. And guess what? That's where it comes in and out of this country. In a hu- and all the statistics say that. There is a huge huge funnel in and out of this country on the southern border for human trafficking and child trafficking and sexual abuse. So to stop that from happening shows us they don't care. Are you listening to me? This is a big deal. Um, you know, they've, even some organizations that are affiliated with uh, far left organizations have said on their websites and since taken it down that they want to redefine the family structure that they don't, they don't want a nucleus of families in this country, that you can have all types of families and different types of things they want to do. That is the downfall of America, right? That if you destroy the family, right, it's happened in all these other countries. You just start destroying the family and redefining those roles, it starts sinking. I'm telling you, kids without fathers, without good parents, I'm telling you. So pay attention. Um, and then they're going after our religious liberties. So I say all that not to be uh, a disappointment to you, but to encourage you, now it's out in the open, Right now, the light can shine right on it, and we can see exactly what's going on. And I'm telling you, things will change because the vast majority of the American people are not for this list. They're not for it. They're not for it. So, just keep your chin up, keep serving God, keep looking for opportunities. You know, when it gets the darkest, the light shines the brightest. So we have great opportunity to reach the lost right now because they're they're disillusioned and they're troubled. And Jesus is the answer. I mean, he'll always be the answer. So we got a great opportunity right now to see tremendous growth in the kingdom of God. So take those opportunities. Take those, those chances. Be vulnerable before people. Amen? Okay, just need to say that. Thank you, Lord. Okay, Philippians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Paul said this. He was talking, um, he was talking to the Philippians. He was in Thessalonica, and he said, For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities. And then he says this, he's, he's commending them because the Philippians took an offering and said, we need to support Paul. He's there planting churches, he's doing the work, but we need to support him so he doesn't have to make tents seven days a week, six days a week, right? And then try to preach and grow a church. So we're gonna send him some resources so that he has some money so he can eat and live and preach, right? And so Paul's saying, you guys did really good. But then verse 17, he says, 
I don't seek the gift from you, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. So when I'm talking about money to you, I am not trying to get anything from you at all. You're listening to me? I'm not trying to get you to do anything extra for this church at all. That is not my heart. My heart is that you see the truths from the word of God and that you have fruit abound to your account because you know the truth. And we can't avoid subjects. You figured out right by now that I'm going to be pretty much straight at you, right? I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to hit on hard subjects. I'm going to talk about stuff. You probably haven't heard a lot in other churches. I'm going to say it all because that's my job. That's my job. I'm not going to tiptoe around the daisies. I'm just going to just put it right between the eyes. And how you take it is really up to you because you can get mad at me if you want, but that ain't going to do you any good. None, Right? This is between you and Jesus, so you need to check your heart. Everybody with me? Okay. But I do seek the gift, the fruit that abounds to your account. I seek the fruit, not the gift. The fruit that abounds to your account. Because when you figure out how God's kingdom works in sowing and reaping and tithes and offerings, you will never lack. You will never lack. I've proven it in my own life. And if we just had a testimony service today, y'all would spend the rest of the time telling how God provided as you stepped up and you began to sow into the kingdom of God. I'm telling you. So a lot of y'all know this. This is a refresher. Some of y'all hadn't heard this at all. So just buckle up, right? We're unoffendable at Westside Church, right? Which means we don't get offended for any reason because as soon as you're offended, the walls are up and you hear nothing else. And now God can't even get to you because you're offended. So we're unoffendable. We're unoffendable, right? Wide open, teachable. Good? We good? Okay. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. So I've heard folks say this more than once, and you can do a Google search and find probably a thousand pages, that tithing is no longer for the church today. It was under the law. Well, the truth is, <laughs> tithing predates the law. Tithing was before the law, during the law, and after the law. And then I've heard him quote this verse, that we're, we're no longer um, under the curse of the law. We've been redeemed from the curse because Christ became a curse for us. Well, tithing is not a curse under the law. <laughs> tithing is a blessing. That was before the law, during the law, and after the law, right? So you're not getting redeemed from the curse of tithing. There is no curse of tithing. It's a blessing, right? So we got to understand what this looks like is that God is generous and a giver to us, and he's asked us to be generous and a giver in return. And so we're going to look at what, what tithing looks like. Tithing is just a simple word. It just means a tenth, a tenth, Right? But are you happy with fractions? You like fractions? It's really easy to do a tenth, right? You just move the decimal place over one spot, right? 100 bucks, decimal place over, 10 bucks. It's a tenth. It's easy. Easy math. God made it so simple. He could have said 13%. Oh, come on. Carry the one. No, 10, right? Simple. Thank you, Lord. All right, turn to Genesis 14. Genesis 14, the first time we get to see the tenth mentioned. And the, and the tithing in the tenth is mentioned in the New Testament, just so you know. If you've heard that before, tithing isn't mentioned in the New Testament. It actually is. It's in there. <clears throat> All right, 14, verse 18 is where I want to go. Talking about Abraham. Genesis 14, 18. Then Melchizedek king of Salem brought out bread and wine and the priest of God, he was the priest of God most high. 
Melchizedek met Abraham when he was coming back from whooping the guys that took his lot, his nephew Lot, and all his possessions. He took his Abraham took his crew, pursued him, got everything back, all the stuff, all the people, and brought him back. And as he's coming back, Melchizedek comes out to meet him with bread and wine. In verse nineteen, it says, "And he blessed him." Melchizedek blessed Abraham and said, "Blessed, blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High." who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And then he, this is Abraham, and then Abraham gave him a tithe of all. So Abraham comes back with the the spoil, and he gives a tenth of the spoil to Melchizedek. Now, this is the first time we see tithing. This is before the law. The law was Moses and after. This is before the law. This is just Abraham, who God called righteous because of his faith, who God said, in you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Now, Abraham had a covenant with God, right? And when you have a covenant with God, that means everything that God possesses, you have access to, and everything that you possess, God has access to, right? I mean, this is, these are unbreakable covenants, so he knows God. And so he comes and he brings a tithe, a tenth. This is the first time we see a tenth, where he gives a tenth of all the spoil to God. Now, the story goes on where <clears throat> uh, the king of Sodom tries to talk him out of it, and, he, and he's basically saying... Uh, why don't you, why don't you um, keep the rest, but just give me the people? He's basically saying, you don't have to tithe. Just, just take what's yours. And Abraham's like, I ain't, I ain't taking nothing from you because then you'll say you made Abraham rich. So you, you take everything that, you, that was yours, you take back. I'm not taking any of your stuff. But he gave a tenth out of what was his to Melchizedek. This is, this is amazing. Abraham's saying, I don't want anybody to say God, that anybody but God made me rich. And so we honored God with the tithe. Then we see over in uh, 28, Genesis 28, <clears throat> that another patriarch down the line from Abraham, his grandson Jacob, Jacob gives a tenth. Now, if you remember this story, because we're reading together as a church the Bible. Do you guys remember that? Lord, help me have mercy. Okay. There's a, there's a form in the back that, like, just a little sheet that says, hey, you could, we're, this is the day we're reading and what we're reading, and you can check the boxes. It's wonderful. You should read the Bible with us. It would be fabulous. We're supposed to do that together. Okay, just jump in where we're at and start going. But we read this, and, um, and Jacob uh, is traveling. He lays down in a spot, sleeps on a rock, has a dream. He sees angels descending and ascending on the ladder, right? And he wakes up, and he's like, this place is holy ground. And he anoints the rock that he slept on with oil. And then in verse 22, <clears throat> he says, And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, he's talking to the Lord, I will surely give a tenth to you. That's a tithe. I will surely give a tithe to you. So he's telling God ahead of time, of all you give me, I'll give a tenth. Now, he knows of the story of Abraham giving a tenth. I mean, this is what they did culturally is they passed down story after story. So Abraham passed it to Isaac and Isaac to Jacob. So he knows the story of Abraham giving a tenth. He knows it. And so he steps up and he says, I'll do that too. I'll do that too. So this is pre-law. You guys okay? This giving, giving is pre-law. So then we get, then we get into uh, the law in Leviticus 27. Flip over there real quick. Want just a few scriptures so you can see what I'm seeing. Leviticus 27. Thank you, Lord. 27. Verse 30. 
Now this is important. Verse 30, Leviticus 27, 30. And it says this, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. And it is holy to the Lord. Everybody say, it is holy holy. to the Lord. All right, so all the tithe is holy to the Lord. It's holy. This is a big deal. When God says it's holy to the Lord, that means he receives it in a special way. It's holy. It's a big deal. And um, as believers, we have to take our giving seriously. It's not like, it's not like paying a bill. It's not like paying a bill. Amen. Giving to the Lord is something that is an act of worship for us. And so if we will do that with heart toward God, it will radically change the outcome. It'll change the gift as it goes in, and it'll change what, how the gift works as it works in the kingdom of God. So <clears throat> what we have to understand about tithing is, and God talks about tithing, it's a tenth. We have to understand that tithing is giving and returning what the Lord says he's, we're returning back to him. So he gave us the ability to increase, to, to bring in. He gave us that ability, the skill sets that we have, right? The jobs that we work. He gave us the ability to, to increase. And so when we increase, we tithe on that. But the Lord says that we're really just returning it to him. We're just returning the tenth. He gave us the ability. He gave us the increase. He put the resources in our hand, and he's asking us for just a tenth of what he gave us back in return. It's just in return. The tithe in and of itself is not a seed in the ground. It's returning to the Lord, and it's holy before the Lord. Now, in Malachi, he says that he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. There's not room to receive it if we'll do that, if we'll bring in the tithes and the offerings to him, right? Windows of blessing are amazing. We're amazing. But the seed doesn't go, the, the tithe is not a seed that goes in the ground and produces. The tithe's just returning to the Lord and opening up blessing before God. A seed is something that we sow in addition to that, that goes in the ground and then produces fruit in the kingdom and back for us. Are you guys listening to me? It's important to recognize the difference. So tithing's like the beginning. It's like, it's like baby step, baby Christian step number one is we recognize, God, we are honoring you with the 10th. And I'm telling you, this could be a big deal because we've all been in the place, all of us, where it's all spent by the 22nd, right? We've all been there at some point or another. But when we step up and we give God the 10th on the front end, right, it's gone. It's sown in, it's given to the Lord, it's returned back, and now we're saying, God, I trust you for the other 90% when I can't see how that's going to happen at all. But I trust you. So you place yourself in a position where God can get involved in your finances when you tithe, because it is an act and a step of faith. It is a step of faith. Now I'm telling you from experience that tithing gets way easier when you're committed to it. Because the more you go, the more blessing you see and the more God working. It's like, man, I can do a tenth and I can do more. Where do you want me to do the rest? I mean, I got extra. Let's do some more. And now you've stepped over out of, out of just tithing in the windows of heaven. Now you're planting seed in the ground of picture fruit trees that produce season after season after season from seeds you planted decades ago. They're still producing fruit in your life that you're eating on and enjoying 
and walking in. Do you hear me? This is how the kingdom of God works, right? When you're planting seeds, you're planting orchards that will continue to produce a harvest in your life for decades. You see how good this is? So why would you ever stop? Ah, oh, my orchard's big enough. You got seed in your hand. You just keep planting all over the place because every time you turn around, you'll find that God's blessing you in some way. Are you listening to me? This is how the kingdom of God works. And so tithing's just baby Christian step number one. It's just step number one. Like, God, I'm gonna trust you with everything in my life, right? From the roof over my head and the food in my belly and the clothes on my back and my marriage and my kids and my job and my money, I'm trusting you with everything because you are faithful. You're faithful. I trust you, right? And it can be tough. I'm telling you, I've been there. But I've also proven him faithful when I've done it when it's tough. Oh, man, he's faithful. Thank you, Lord. I remember tithing in Bible school. And I'm telling you, when you're in Bible school, times are tight. Ramen noodles, man, I don't want to eat another ramen noodle the rest of my life. But, you know, when you got to eat, you just get what you got to get. Ten cents looks real good on the shelf. That's a whole meal. Yes, thank you. It's more now, but it was 10 cents. But you know, I, I understood these principles and I had tithed. It was in me because I, ra- I was raised in church. I understood the tithe. But there's something about just meditating on it and seeing more from the word of God that this is not just a bill. This is an act of worship from me. And when I began to be faithful with my tithes and then plant seed as an offering, God began to help me to get better jobs. So I went from an okay job waiting tables to the best job in town waiting tables. In town. My income doubled like that. You ever get a job where your income doubled? Those are good days. Baby, we're eating steak tonight. Right? Feels good. But it was faithfulness and consistency and looking. See, when we give and we sow in, we're not... We're not giving, in a sense, to get from God. And I agree with that statement on, on, on one level. One is when we, when we give, like say sowing here in Westside. You're part of Westside, you're givers into the church. When you sow into Westside, you're not giving to Westside so that you can get something back from Westside. Like you're waiting for the, the payday or the reciprocity. You're waiting for what, you know, we're not, this is an exchange of goods and services other than you receive the word, right? And then you sow into the kingdom. But we're not asking for things back from the church. Like, when do I get my check? That's not what we, that's not how we give, right? We, so I, in that sense, we don't give into a ministry, whether it's here or someone else, and expect something back in return. That's just an exchange. But we do expect it to produce a harvest in our life by God the way he sees fit right? From where it's planted, he'll cause the increase to come in his time and his way. Do you see the difference? When we put a demand on who we gave it to, come on, that's just a, that's just a debt. That's not what we're doing, right? And so we've got we to recognize that we're, we're sowing into the kingdom. That's why we don't give to a building, a man, an organization. We give to God and then he produces increase on our lives the way he sees fit. So the way he does that is he doesn't just mail you checks. First bank of heaven, Five grand, sweet. That's not how it works, right? He's going to help you to know how to grow and to increase because it is God who gives us the power to get wealth. That's scripture. He gives us the power to get, well, how does that work? 
he increases us. See, in the market, your, your value is determined on your skill level. That's why they have a minimum wage, which should not be $15, right? These kids aren't worth 15 bucks yet. They ain't there. It should be like nine. And then as your skills increase, then you're worth more. You'll get paid more. That's how the market works. You don't just get money because you're breathing and you showed up. That was a painful one, right? Get those toes out here. I'm going to step on them some more. If you want to make more money, you got to increase your skill level. You got to get more education and you got to get better at what you do or learn another skill that makes you valuable to the market so that you can increase. God will not give you a promotion when you are lazy on the job and you're not growing and trying to do anything else. God, I'm just believing for a promotion. You ain't good enough for a promotion. You'd be a terrible manager. But you learn and grow and you figure out what it looks like to work with people and you improve yourself, then you're worth more and God can get something to you that you couldn't have before because you weren't willing to... When he says, when he says he's going to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, right? When, when that was written, they didn't have glass windows. They had shutters. So when it's cold outside, you close it off and it's dark in the house because you're trying to keep the wind from blowing through, right? So when it's time to open the windows, when the weather gets good, guess what comes into the house? Light, illumination, understanding, revelation. This is what he's telling us. He's going to open up the windows of heaven. And because of that, you're going to get wisdom and light and understanding, and he's able to pour out a blessing into you. There's not room enough to receive it because he's going to help you understand some things you don't know right now when you honor him. That will help you increase. There are people around us in, in, in Christian circles and worldly circles that talk about opportunities, looking for opportunities. They say there are always opportunities around you all the time. Opportunities for increase, opportunities for business, opportunities for investment. All the time, there are opportunities around us. Oral Roberts used to say there's uh, a miracle every single hour of every day around you that you just haven't seen yet because your eyes aren't open to them yet because a lot of times it's just, we're just ignorant of what's going on around us. But the people that have made money in this world, and it's not just about making money, but just making a point here, they have learned how to recognize opportunity and capitalize on it. Right, Because they increase their skill and their ability to understand and recognize that's a good deal. Come on now. When I was buying motorcycles and I was watching for motorcycles and watching for dirt bikes, I'm telling you, when I saw one, I'm like, that's a good deal. And you try to be the first one to call them if you want it, right? And this is just any skill in any way. You learn how to recognize opportunity and God will help you do that so that he can increase you. Because you are not going to increase when you're not making any effort and you're not seeing things that you need to see. You're, it's just not going to happen. We've got a whole bunch of people just believing God to help them out and they're not doing anything. Faith is an action. We give and then we act on it. Lord, help me. Show me what to do. Show me what to, show me what to learn. Show me what to look at. Teach me. Give me wisdom and revelation. And he will show you things. Everybody okay? So he's, he's showing us, he's telling us that the tithe is holy. It's important to God. 
but he wants to do something to reciprocate that to us. He wants to do something to bless us. And he said he'd open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive it. That means you're going to know some things you didn't know before. You're going to understand some things you didn't understand before because you were faithful and you called the tithe holy. So it's why we talk about how we give with the box in the back, that we, that we don't just come and just quickly write a check on a Sunday or you know, that, we, that we think about it month in and month out. And when the, when the money comes in on the first or the fifth or the middle, whatever, we're like, okay, Lord, I'm writing this check. I am grateful for what you do in our lives. You pray over it with your family. Come on, there's something about just honoring God in that gift that he just lights up says, yes, that's, that's it right there. It's an act of worship. It's an act of worship. Okay. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Again, I'll repeat. I'm not trying to get anything from you. Nothing. I'm not trying to get anything from you. I'm trying to look to the fruit that will abound when you understand these principles. Because church, church is doing good. I mean, preachers that preach on money, sometimes they preach because money's tight. Money is not tight for me. It's not tight for the church. God is faithful. Faithful. But if I avoid this subject and you don't know about it, you're going to miss out and it will be my fault. So this is important. Okay. <laughs> so in Malachi, Malachi verse th- or chapter 3, 10 and 11, God says this, he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. He, that word also means test, try or test me. This is God's promise to his people. You test me in this promise, but if you will bring in the tithes and offerings and you'll do it in the right heart and the right attitude, you watch this, you try me in this, he said, and I will pour out. He said, try me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not pour, open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there is not room enough to receive it. Now look at verse 11. And I will, this is God, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor the vine f- fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. That covers a lot of stuff. Because the devourer wants to just eat away all your extra, right? He wants to get after your kids. He wants to get after the seed you've sown in the ground in the kingdom. He wants to even wreck your natural orchard in your yard. Yeah. He'll, do, he'll do everything he can to just wreck you. But God said if you'll give and you'll do it from the right heart, he said he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And that is more than just money. That's all the stuff, the fruit of your body, your children. He will rebuke the devourer trying to devour your kids. There's a story of a little girl that she drowned in the family pool. Her hair got sucked into the little suction thing and nobody noticed and she was under there for at least 15 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it was. Long enough for her to just be gone. Pulled her out, started resuscitating, called 911. They showed up. They did all the stuff. Worked on her for 40 minutes. Nothing. Nothing. Mom and dad are there. They're believers. They love God. They're praying. medics are working and the medic looks at the little girl and she's not doing anything and he looks to look up to dad to just this isn't looking good and dad sees this medic look at him and he just yells no we're tithers god will rebuke you and he's speaking to the enemy trying to take his daughter spirit of death trying to take his daughter the second he said god will rebuke you her body jolted back to life 
she sits up and she says, can we turn off the pool, the pool pump, please? Because that was the last thought in her head while her hair stuck in the, right? She's alive and she's gone for like 40 minutes. No, no pulse, no breathing, but God will rebuke you, <laughs> right? He stood on that scripture and his daughter pops back to life. Come on, that's, that's the blessing of God. So she shows up to the hospital and the doctor's like, where's the little girl that drowned? And the medics are like, she's right here. No, we're looking for the little girl that drowned. She's right here. Hi. How are you? She's totally good. Checked her out. Totally good. Totally good. No brain damage, no nothing. That's the blessing of the Lord. Rebuking the devourer for your sakes. Do you see how important this is? Don't you want God on your side rebuking the devourer? Come on, that's a promise you could stand on for your own kids and your stuff. When something's going wrong, it's like, no, I'm a tither. God rebukes the devourer for my sake. You see how powerful that is? This is God saying, test me in this. Come on, I will never quit just for that story right there because I can stand on the promise of God for my kids. Yay? Thank you, Lord. And we don't do this as insurance. This is an insurance bill. These are promises of God. Thank you, Jesus. Tithing in the New Testament. Mark chapter 12. You okay? I got a couple more. Mark chapter 12. The Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus and catch him in his words. Verse 14. And they say, teacher, we know that you are true and care about no one, meaning you, you know, you're no respecter of persons, for you do not regard a person of men, but teach the way of God in truth. Just a bunch of lying snakes. It is lawful. And then they ask him, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? Trying to catch him. And knowing their hypocrisy in his heart because of the Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord, he says, why do you test me? Bring me a denarius that I may see it. It's the coin. So they brought it. And he said, whose, Im whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, it's Caesar's. And then he answers them and he says, render unto Caesar's that the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Come on, how wise is that? <laughs> Got him. Right? So the answer is, yeah, you pay taxes. Keeps our roads going and schools going. Of course we pay taxes. Come on now. I, I suggest you use every tool available to pay as little taxes as you possibly can. Because there are codes in there to do it. You know, the rich get a bad rap in our country because they use the laws of the land to pay as little taxes as they possibly can. And so would you. But they still pay in the millions of dollars in taxes. And even if we fleeced them all, all the rich people in the country, we fleeced them all. You know how much of the debt we'd knock out? Less than a percent. One. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. We, need just, we just need reform all the way across the board. And we need politicians to stop passing 1.9 trillion, trillion with a T, stimulus packages, of which 9% goes to us and to help with COVID. It's ridiculous. They are giving money to other countries and other companies so that they can satisfy their donors. Ugh. Lord, help me get off of this. It's a mess, right? But we're still supposed to pay taxes. But don't pay more than you should for crying out loud. Okay. Thank you, Lord. So Jesus said, get paid to Caesar and give to God, which is God's. Well, what's God do? Well, he's talking about 
The tithing has been talked about all in the law. Jesus was still fulfilling the law when he was on the, on the earth. He hadn't died yet. So he was still going over some stuff with them and showing them some things. Amen? But it goes right into the church age of how we give. You're, it's going to blow your mind when we get into church age. But, you know, as, a, as in the church age, it's actually more generous. God wants us to be more generous than they were in the law. Because we have a better covenant based on better promises. That means we get everything they got and then some. Did he just say that out loud? Yeah. We're supposed to be generous. I would suggest setting a goal. If you haven't got to 10 yet, make that your first goal. Make that your first goal. Get to it. Get to it. And it, I'm telling you, it can start. 10% for everybody is easy to do. You say, oh, I don't know. You don't know my finances. I'm telling you, I've been in the place where you've been. You just make the decision on the front end. This is gone. It's going. I'm doing it. And then, God, you're helping me out because he will see that heart and he will help you out. Okay. But then he's calling us to even more. Hebrews 7 talks about tithing. And it goes back and it talks about how Abraham gave to Melchizedek the tenth, the tithe. He gave it to Melchizedek as an honor and a worship to the Lord. That's what he did. Hebrews 7, 1 through 8. If you're writing this down, highlighting it, he talks about giving. And he does it a bunch. And then in verse 7, let's say, let's say 7. Yeah, he says, Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Come on, God receives our tithes. Even though it comes into the, the coffers of men and organizations and ministries, right? Of course, right? We can't put it on a rocket and send it into outer space. That makes no sense, right? Men receive it in the earth, but God receives it on your account in heaven. And moth and rust, rust cannot destroy it. It's the sweetest deal we got going, I'm telling you. Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant because built, our covenant is built on better promises. So God's asking us to be generous. Generous. <clears throat> generous. Notable tithers. Companies that did very well. You'll recognize a few of these. CEO of J.C. Penney's. Found out about tithing, started giving. J.C. Penney did really well for decades. Decades. Mr. Kraft from the Kraft Food Company knew about tithing and tithed out of his company and his personal. Mr. Heinz, Heinz Ketchup, same thing. Come on, these guys are icons in our country from decades gone by, right? I can't say what their kids did after they left, but these guys that founded companies, come on, they knew about giving. They knew about giving. Mr. Kerr from the Kerr Mason Jars. Mr. Proctor from Proctor & Gamble. Mr. Hershey. Mr. Kellogg. William Colgate from the Colgate Company. These are massive conglomerate companies that are still, for the most part, existence today in some way, shape, or form. So you don't tell me God can't bless people when they're given. I'm telling you, he did. There's a reason. There's a reason. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. R.G. Letourneau got saved and tithed, and he got behind and he stopped, and he realized it, and he went back to giving, and when he, would, when he finally died, he was giving 90% of his income and living on 10. That's how well he was doing, and he was one of the richest men in the country. <clears throat> so there's something about honoring the Lord as a worship, and so just real quick, just as a, just as a tool so you can have this, uh, I believe it'll help you. Because I think, I think 
this, well, I don't think, I believe this is not taught at all when you're talking about giving. So I just want to give you just a quick little look. A lot of Christians, they tithe like they're a corporation. And what I mean by that is money comes in just for round numbers. Let's say it's 10 grand. 10 grand comes into this corporation and the corporation will pay rent and utilities and payroll and overhead, cost of goods sold, right? They sell chairs. They're going to buy the, the, the tools for chairs or maybe they're just a the middleman. They buy the chairs and then they resell them. So the cost of goods sold, their taxes, their insurance. And then by the end of it, they've got $500 in profit to do whatever. And then, and then that's, that's what they have to either reinvest or to give or to sow into charities. And a lot of Christians, they tithe like this. They pay everything first. And when they get to the end and what they have left over, then they tithe on that. That is not tithing. That's a corporation. That's how they function. That's how they work. We can't tithe like a corporation. You're not a corporation. If you have a corporation, you can give out of your corporation. You can do that. God will show you how to do that. He'll show you how to give out of your business, right? Because there are costs in a business, right, that, that were costs that you were giving to a customer. Like, say, you're selling chairs. You buy a chair for 50 bucks, you sell it for 100. You didn't actually increase 100. You increased 50. That was your profit margin. It was just a pass between when you gave it. That, you see what I mean? That's different in corporations as individuals. As an individual, let's say you make 10 grand. Everybody say, glory. Thank you, Jesus. 10 grand a month. Hallelujah. Right? Let's say you make 10 grand a month. The first thing that comes out as a Christian is a thousand bucks. Remember? Move the decimal place over one? A tenth. So if we if we don't do that and we take everything out, you know, your let's say your surplus was twenty five hundred bucks in this scenario, then if you go all the way down to what you have left over at the very end and you tithe on that, you're really not tithing, you're just tipping. God wants a tenth of our increase. So if you got a job and you earned that money, that's your increase. Now, of course, you got to pay all your stuff out of it. God had that figured out. He knew that when you got the job. So really, it comes down to what, how closely do you want to follow God? How closely do you want to honor this 10th principle? Because he's not asking you to tithe on this after you've paid everything. He's asking you to tithe on your increase. On your increase right? And your increase helps pay your rent and utilities and your cars and your insurance and your food, right? It helps pay all those things. You have, you have to live, right? That's still increase. Are you guys listening to me? Remember, we're unoffendable. Nobody's going to be mad at me, right? But he's good. This is just how this works. I, and, and honestly, I just don't think people have ever been taught this. That tithe is just whatever you got left. It's, it's just not true. If you want to honor God the way God wa- wants it, the tenth starts at the beginning. It's the first thing out. It's the first principle. Cain and Abel, remember they gave an offering to the Lord? And Abel brought his best, and Cain did not. And God honored Abel's gift, and he disregarded Cain's, and that made Cain upset. But it was a principle. It was a principle. It was a heart of the matter. Abel picked the best that he had, and he brought it before the Lord first. First fruits. Man, y'all are quiet. Okay. So then, then this, little, this little snippet about taxes. You know what? You got you to gotta talk to the Lord about how your taxes, because a lot of you, you get a check and your taxes are already taken out. So that's like a gross or net. You know, what kind of blessing do you want? You want a gross blessing or a net blessing? Gross or net. I mean, you get to decide. 
And, and I, think God's, I think God's a little bit flexible on that one. I really do. Because if you get a refund, you can tithe on that. Right? So I, think, I just think you just talk to Jesus about that one for you. But I would suggest that you look at this maybe a little bit differently and honor, honor the Lord with your first fruits. And I realize I'm saying that in church, knowing that the tithe most likely is coming to this church. But I'm not trying to get anything from you. I'm really not. I learned this for myself. In all the churches I was in, I learned to tithe first. And God increased me every step of the way. And I kept getting better jobs. And then I understood investments better. And God gave me the opportunity to invest right and make money. And I was like, this is great. And I wouldn't have got there had I not honored God. I'm telling you. He, he reveals things to you, opens up the windows of heaven, and brings light into you. And you'll see things you didn't see before because you honored the Lord. Are you guys with me? So this is just the subject of tithing in one short little snippet. There's so much more, but we'll go on into other subjects of money as the next couple of weeks. But I just want you guys to understand God loves you. He's for you, not against you. And he wants to do things in your life. Man, he desperately wants to do things in, his life, in your life, but he will not override his principles. He won't do it. He puts it out there and the second you obey, he's on it. He's working for you. Amen? Everybody Okay. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to chat with you and help you in your walk with God. We invite you to connect with us at wcspokane.com connect, and someone from our team will be in touch with you. You can also hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new content in the future. Thanks again for joining us, and remember, Jesus is coming soon.